Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Have you ever met anybody with a dirty mind? Really dirty jokes and dirty thoughts. And they love to go to websites and look at pornographic images and and show you dirty pictures. Do you have friends like that? Whether at school, at work, relatives, friends. Do you have people like that? Well, today in 2 Samuel chapter 13... We meet just that guy. And his name is Amnon. And he is a dirty-minded young man. And he has come to the point where he has allowed his dirty, lustful thoughts to invade his brain to such an extent that he started to get sick. You know, I want to start off by asking, what motivates you? And a lot of you might be motivated by that very thing, a dirty, lustful mind. And maybe some of what motivates you right now is some of your addictions. And some of you that are listening to this might be addicted to pornography, might be addicted to finding the latest, dirtiest image on the internet or dirtiest video that you can think of. And that's what motivates you. Well, clearly Amnon is motivated by that same thing. Now, where do I get that? Well, it says in 2 Samuel chapter 13 that Amnon is motivated by lust for his half-sister Tamar. And this motivation for lust for his half-sister Tamar so motivates him and so moves him that he starts to get sick because he can't do anything about it. Because according to Old Testament law, You're not allowed to marry your half-sister. You're not allowed to have sex with your half-sister. That is considered incest. And that is considered one of the most vilest things that could ever happen. And you would be stoned, put to death for that. 
And and poor Tamar, his half-sister, would then be, you know, soiled material and, and a person that could never be married. And her life would be ruined. And Amnon knows this. And he doesn't care. Because he is motivated by his lust. Because it says that Tamar, his half-sister, is beautiful. She's a beautiful young woman. And I don't think Tamar wore inappropriate clothing. In fact, I bet there were a lot of protocols and rules set up in the palace to protect the young men and the young women from each other. They were separated. They slept in different areas of the palace. They were probably were only allowed to see each other at various times. And, and they had to wear certain clothing. And, it, you know, everything was set up for certain rules to protect young minds. So Amnon, to begin to lust after his half-sister Tamar, he had to go out of his way to break those rules. Again, I want to go back to that question. What motivates you? Maybe your parents have set up internet blocks and, and all these things, so you have to go out of your way to unblock the internet to get to the dirty sites you want to go to. You know, maybe your boss at work has set up certain things, again, where you can't just access material and do things, but you don't care. You're going to do what you want, and you're going to go out of your way to work at it. Or maybe, you know, you need an accountability partner, but you're not going to do that because it'll slow down your lust. You're motivated by the wrong things, just like Amnon was motivated by lust. He didn't care about his half-sister, Tamar. Now, how did who is Amnon, and, and, and how is he related to his half-sister, Tamar? Well, David had lots of wives. He had eight. And from those wives, he had various children. Well, one of his wives was named Ahinoam. And she gave birth to Amnon. Now, Amnon was the crown prince, the first in line to the throne. He was the oldest boy, and he would be the next in line. When David died, Amnon would be king. Well, another child came along, and his name was Daniel or Chiliab. And we don't know anything about him, really, because he must have died young. And then came along... Another son named Absalom, and he had a sister named Tamar, and they both came through one of David's wives called Makkah. I know it's a weird name, but Makkah was her name, and she gave birth to Absalom and then later Tamar. So Absalom and Tamar are brother and sister, and Absalom is second in line to the throne, right behind his oldest half-brother, Amnon. Absalom and Tamar come from the same mother. Amnon comes from a different mother, but they all have the same father. So that makes Amnon half-brother to Tamar, or Tamar is Amnon's half-sister. And Absalom is a full brother to Tamar, and Tamar is a full sister to Absalom, but he is a half-brother to Amnon. They all have the same father, but different mothers. 
Well, you can already see there's a problem here, right? Because who keeps track of all these children? I mean, he had eight wives and he had multiple kids and they're all running around the palace. And the thing is, David, it says in 1 Kings chapter 1, basically, he did not like to tell off his children. Later on, he has a son named Adonijah who does some bad things. And it says that one of the reasons Adonijah did bad things is because his father, David, never rebuked him. First Kings chapter 1, verse 6, his father never rebuked him. He never told him off. I mean, David, after a hard day ruling on the throne, being king, he didn't want to come home and be a father and confront his kids with their sin and... He loved Amnon. We're later going to find out. He loved his oldest child. And he didn't really want to confront him. And I think this lustful, dirty mind would have shown itself up in Amnon over and over again. And I wonder if people told David, but David just, either through laziness, or maybe because he said, you know what, I sinned with Bathsheba. I don't know if I can confront my own son with his sin. I don't know. Either way, David didn't do anything to help and mold this young life. But you know what? If you as a parent aren't there molding and helping to shape your son's life, I want to tell you this. Somebody is. Somebody is a mentor to your child. You know, what motivates Amnon? Lust. But but who mentors him? It's not David. It's a guy named Jonadab. And Jonadab was Amnon's peer. And it says in 2 Samuel chapter 13 that he was a crafty man, which is basically a word signifying you can't trust Jonadab. He was a shifty individual. He was a bad guy. He helped promote Amnon to do bad things. He helped encourage him to do bad things. I think he went out of his way to help Amnon look at Tamar from afar. And he went out of his way to help Amnon break the rules to try to look at Tamar more. I mean, he was the one motivating Amnon just as much as Amnon was motivating himself to do bad things. He was mentoring Amnon into bad, bad ways. Man, I want to encourage you parents. Be aware of who your kids choose as friends. It really matters. Who are the friends your kids choose? Are they good children? Are they good men? And Are they good boys and girls? Or are they kids that will encourage your children to do bad? And why does your child default to them? Don't have blinders on. Have your eyes wide open as to what your children are choosing. And adults, who are your friends? Are they encouraging you in the right if you have friends that are encouraging you in the wrong, man, you better check yourself, check your spirit. Well, Jonadab was a bad dude. And he was mentoring young Amnon. And Amnon was going right along. Well, Jonadab comes into Amnon's room. He's crown prince. He's probably got the best room in the world. He's about to be king someday, and he's got all this wealth. And he looks over, and there is Amnon, just sick on his bed. Just upset. 
just horribly perturbed and angry and, and, and frustrated. And, and Jonadab goes, hey, what's wrong? And Amnon says, I want to have my half-sister Tamar. I want to have sex with her. I must have her. At this point, he doesn't care about Tamar as a person. He just sees her as a sex object. He objectifies her. He doesn't see her as a person with feelings. Because what he wants to do would ruin Tamar. According to Old Testament law in Leviticus 18 and later on in Deuteronomy chapter 27, it clearly lays out half-brothers and half-sisters can't get married. Half-brothers and half-sisters can't have sex with each other. They can't produce a family. They can't have children. This is against the law. Why? Because it's incest. And this would lead to the stoning of Amnon and possibly Tamar and, and ruin Tamar for life. So why would he want to do this? Why wouldn't he want to risk his own life just to fulfill his lust? That's how messed up Amnon was. He didn't care about Tamar. And Jonadab he should have come to Amnon, who was out of his mind, and said, Hey, stop it. Stop thinking that way. You've got to get right in your head. You've got to think correctly. You've got to stop doing this. Well, again, Jonadab, instead of being that good friend, the Bible talks about iron sharpeneth iron. You can help friends who are going down wrong paths. You can be that person to say, stop, turn around, go in the opposite direction. You can be that wise person, but instead, Jonadab jumps right there in with him. And he's got just as dirty a mind. And he starts to talk to Amnon. And he says, hey, don't give up on this plan. We can accomplish this. We can come up with this great idea. And so they think and they plan. And Jonadab comes up with this idea that says, Hey, Amnon, what you need to do is say, Oh, I'm sick. And, and then ask Tamar to come in. And to make some food for you, to make you feel better. And so you need to lay down and pretend you're ill. And when she comes in, send everybody out. And then when she's busy there making you something to make you feel better, boom. You can grab her. You can have your way with her. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know what's interesting is some people think that there's a poem in that time period where the character in that poem did the exact same thing that Jonadab and Amnon are laying out here. This would have been a dirty poem of the day. This would have been some bad stuff to read. And it looks like Jonadab and Amnon might have been right in the dirty poems, bad stuff to read. They're there. They're soaking it in. They're getting ideas from it. probably an obvious thing, but what media are you using? What are you allowing to get inside your head? What are you allowing to get inside your mind? Like I said, Amnon was in an environment that was designed to protect him from sin. Your parents put on internet filters so you can't work around them easily, but if you want to, you can, and you can go jump on the internet Start to soak in bad websites. 
that will fill your mind with dirty thoughts, dirty images, and dirty ways of thinking. And I hate to tell you, when you start thinking those ways and when you start seeing those things, they change you. They really change you. And they start to mess up your way of thinking. Psalm chapter 1 lays out how you can fight that, right? Psalm chapter 1 talks about how can a young man make his path straight, or how can a young man, Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And then earlier in Psalm 1, It talks about ways to keep your mind pure. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, does not hang out with the Jonadabs of this world, nor stands in the way of sinners, you know, spend his time on dirty websites, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What you put into your head will impact how you live. And here, Jonadab and Amnon, they craft a plan, probably from a story they read that was full of impure, dirty things, and it impacted, tragically, not only them, but others. What media are you using? Somebody said, you are the person you were a year ago, other than the people you meet and the books you read. I think it's just as true today. You are the person you were a year ago other than the people you meet in the media you use. Let's expand that idea of books to media. Again, the TV you watch, the websites you go to, the books you read, the blog sites you read. What are you filling your mind with? Well, Amnon and Jonadab are filling their mind with bad things and they come up with this plan. And so... They execute the plan. Amnon pretends to be ill. And he asks Tamar to bring in some food to make him better. And so she comes and begins to make him these cakes. Now, the word there for cake seems to signify these were cakes that were made out of certain types of food that would make a person feel better. They were a type of medicine. And so she starts to make him these cakes. And so he asks everybody to leave. And they shut the door. And then he pounces and he grabs Tamar and says, lie with me. And then Tamar says, no, don't do this. Please, please don't do this. She tells Amnon, please, if if you talk to my father, maybe they'll let us get married. She tries to talk him out of it, but he won't listen because he is so full of lust for Tamar. She says, don't do this outrageous thing. Do you understand? If you have sex with me, what you will do to me? Don't you care about me? Again, ask our father David. Maybe he'd allow it. There's other things she tries to rationalize. She tries to get him to please speak to the king, she says. But Amnon... He doesn't care. And it says being stronger than her. He forces himself on her. And rapes her. 
And after he does what he does, you know what it says at that point? It says that Amnon, he hates Tamar. He says, get up, go. And the love that he had for her is gone. And now it's replaced with as much hatred as there was love before. What? This makes no sense. And then he says, get up, get out of here. And she pleads her case. And she says, do you know sending me away is a greater sin than what you did to me previously? And he says, get out furiously. He throws her out and then he bolts the door behind her. Why is he afraid of Tamar? Poor little Tamar is going to break down the door and come back and kill him. Is that why he bolts the door? No. It's because of shame. It's because of guilt. It's because he realizes the great shame that he's brought upon himself and his family and Tamar. And now he's got to live with this guilt and the shame. I mean, people, I just want to say, you think you need to look at that website. You think you need to look at that image. But once you do... Once you commit adultery, once you commit that sin that you're not allowed to do, and oh, I must do it, and then you do it, then you have guilt. Then you have shame. Whatever the addiction you're caught up in, you do the thing, you feel the pleasure, and then the guilt... And you say, hey, I'll never do that again. I'll never take that drug. I'll never do that thing. I'll never go to that website. I'll never do whatever it happens to be. But then, hour to hour later, it comes back. The urge, the addiction, you must have, you must have. You give in to the addiction, the pleasure, and then, boom, the guilt. And then you vow, I'll never go back to that. And it's just this repetitious cycle of sin and guilt and sin and guilt and sin and guilt. Amnon has ruined his half-sister. And Tamar goes weeping. And she happens to run into her brother Absalom. And Absalom looks at her. And Absalom says something really significant. Absalom, without saying anything else, looks at his sister Tamar and says, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? Right away he knew what had happened. And right away he knew the person that would have caused it. Amnon, Absalom knew exactly what was happening. David was clueless. David didn't do a thing. When David found out about what Amnon had done to Tamar, it says there in 2 Samuel chapter 13, when David heard, he got angry, but then he did nothing. Another version says that David did nothing because he would not punish his son Amnon because he loved him, because he was his firstborn son. David heard all that had happened, that Amnon had raped his half-sister Tamar. Why didn't he do anything? He loved Amnon. 
Didn't he love Tamar? Tamar was his child too. Why did he choose Amnon over Tamar? But you know who did know about it? And who understood right away? Tamar's brother Absalom. Absalom knew more about what was happening in the family than David. And man, I just want to encourage you as parents, be students of your children. Be aware of what is going on. Don't be so in love with one child over another that you totally excuse their faults. No, be honest. If what they're doing is wrong, correct them. Don't play favorites that clearly David is doing here. And when there's sin in your family, don't try to hide it. Remember, we used that verse last time. Whoever hides a sin will not prosper. That's what David's doing. He's trying to cover it up. And the Bible says if you confess, you will find mercy. Be a student of your family. Don't try to hide it to pretend, hey, we are this perfect family. No, if there's sin, confront it. Talk to your children. Find out what's happening. Be engaged with your kids and your family. Be involved. Well, David wasn't. When Amnon raped Tamar, David did nothing. And you know what it says of Tamar? It says for the rest of her life, she lived a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. You know, you think your sin only impacts you, but it doesn't. His dirty mind led to dirty deeds. And Amnon's dirty deeds, tragically, led to Tamar living the rest of her life. Nobody in their culture would marry her. She was no longer a virgin. It's sad for Tamar. It wasn't her fault. She's innocent in all of this, and yet she paid a high price for Amnon's wicked mind. And she paid a high price for David's Bad parenting. The family is the basic unit of society, and if it breaks down, it crushes our society. And there's so many children that are right now paying the price for bad parenting, for what their parents have done. But you know, there was one person who saw it all, and his name was Absalom. And he knew what Amnon had done. And it says that Tamar lived in Absalom's household. He knew what was happening to his sister. Even though David did nothing, and it looked like Amnon got away with everything, Absalom was watching. Absalom knew. And Absalom, in his favor, you can tell he loves his sister... And Tamar, the Bible says she was a desolate woman, which basically means she couldn't have kids, was on the outside of society looking in. It was a tragic end for her, but it seems that Absalom took care of her as best he could. But then Absalom had plans, and he buried them deep, and he had plans for revenge on his half brother 
Amnon. If his dad wasn't going to make things right, Absalom was. And you know how he was going to do it? Well, if you come back next week, we will find out how. And it's all tragic, and it's all sad, and in many ways it starts at the feet of David. But ultimately it's up to Amnon, right? And I want you to think about what motivates you. Who are your mentors in life? And what media are you using? And what are you filling your brain with? Man, let's not be like Amnon. Let's not be a friend like Jonadab. Let's be a better parent than David. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.